appreciate the song service this morning. And it's just so good I don't want to quit. You were given a little sheet of paper when you came in the door. Here's a couple of songs that we used to sing out of another songbook that we had. And one of the young men looked at this and he said, D's preaching because that's his song. And he's got it right. But we're going to sing these two songs and, and don't get alarmed. I'm giving you this much time that I won't be preaching. Count your blessings. Brother Van, going to come to these for us. Number 84 will be the first one, an awesome God. We used to sing that everybody stand, let's put some volume in this. Awesome. from heaven above wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above wisdom, power, and love. God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven
Please be seated. We will sing number 118 on the page, God on the Mountain. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you never know. But then peace and you're Thank you for singing those songs for me. Hope we can praise God that way in all of the days of our lives. We have an awesome God. That God the Father loved us enough that he gave his only begotten son to come to this sin-cursed earth, to go to that agonizing cross and give his life that you and I might be saved. No greater love could be manifested than that. And then when I think of Jesus and I think of some of the things that he taught while he was on earth, I want to go to the book of Luke in just a moment. But as we turn there in chapter 4, if you want to read along with me, Jesus has something to offer one today. That includes me. It includes you. It includes the whole world. He has something 
for every one of us. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need something from the Lord this morning. If you do, it's available. The Lord is richly blessing people every day of this world. So let's go into the scripture and see if we can find out, does that apply to me? Let's go to Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse number 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. The eyes of all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? As you think and as you look at those verses and as you think about them, I want to go next back to the book of Isaiah and read where Jesus was reading the exact words from Isaiah the prophet in chapter 61, beginning at verse 1. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of your God, and to comfort them that mourn. For our study this morning, we want to look at what Jesus said that he came to fulfill and to give to all people today. So let's look at them as we think about them. As you think about your life, I want to begin with some questions. Are you hurting in any part of your life? Are you happy? Are you really content? Are you satisfied? Jesus is able to clean up any mess or any sin that we have made in our life. He has something to offer for everyone. Let's go to the prayer we began reading. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I'm going back to the book of Matthew chapter 3 to find where the Spirit of the Lord came to Jesus Christ. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it now to be, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness, then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So as you read this and as you think about this great happening that happened that day, Jesus said the heavens were opened unto him. No doubt he stood there looking up and he could see what was happening. And the spirit came in the form of a dove and lit upon him. And he was from that time filled with the Holy Spirit. He was baptized, if you will, without measure in that Holy Spirit. And the God of heaven endorsed him freely and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was pleasing unto the Father. Anointed him to preach. The word anointed just means to designate or to set apart. So he was called for that particular reason. And he said to preach the gospel to the poor. And with that, go to Matthew 4 and verse number 23, where the scripture said, And Jesus went out, went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness, all manner of diseases among the people. There was and there is today a reason for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is that reason? Well, let's let the Apostle Paul answer that for us. He said, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come under the knowledge of the truth. The God of heaven wants every individual that has ever been born to be saved. He's not going to save them in a sinful condition, but he has made the way that all people may be saved. And that good news that goes forth is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason and the purpose for the Jesus coming into this world was to be the sacrifice for sins that you and I and everyone may be saved upon the terms of the gospel. Jesus wanted every person to be saved. Remember his great commission in Matthew 28 when Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's assume and let's re recognize this morning that Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. He has the authority to commission. He has the right to send out. Jesus wants everyone to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my brothers and sisters this morning, that's where we come into this picture. We didn't live 2,000 years ago. We're living today. And Jesus still wants people to hear the gospel. And it's at our hands of our lips. And the message is still the same. Jesus wants everyone to be saved. Go to Mark 16 and verse 15 and 16. He said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. I want you to understand this morning that Jesus cares for you. He cared enough that he was willing to go to the cross, die for that purpose, and his intended purpose for all of that was for your salvation, that you might be saved. And the next thing that he read and talked about this morning was he came to heal the brokenhearted. Maybe this is you. Do you have an unsettled problem? Do you need to be saved? Then there is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of Jesus. He came to deliver the captives. Jesus can set you free. Jesus can forgive all sins. He's not partial, but he is able to help and to forgive. He came, as the scripture said, recovering sight to the blind. Those that are lost, they cannot see the light because the God of this world hath blinded their minds. Read this with me from 2 Corinthians. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and you ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. The apostle said he was a servant of Jesus Christ for the preaching of that gospel, that they might see, that they might understand, and remember it was the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Next statement that Jesus read, he came to set at liberty those that are bruised. Do you feel bruised? Is the life that you're now living beating you up? Then Jesus can do something about it. And the last statement in that that I want to call your attention to was to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This was referring, no doubt, back to the Old Testament, to the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, they sounded a trumpet. It would release all the debt that they had. If you were a bond man or a woman, it would release you, let you go back to living a normal life. If you owed a debt on your lands, it set it free. If you had possessions that were obligated by debt, they were set free, and all could return to their previous life every 50 years. That was called the acceptable year of the Lord. But as you read and as we talk about these things, did Jesus preach to those people with a compassionate heart? Did he really care? I want to say this morning, it doesn't matter what problems that you may have. Jesus wants to help. If you have physical problems, 
If you have illness, if you have sickness, Jesus cares. If you have a sin problem, Jesus still cares. He can forgive sin and no one else. But I want to stop just a moment and look at some of the pages in the life of Jesus to show his care and compassion. In Matthew 4, one that's on the screen, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had palsy, and he healed them. Jesus presented an attitude of caring for people that were diseased. He healed all that were brought to him. In Matthew 15 and verse number 30, And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. There are many other scriptures in the Gospels about Jesus and how he did, but I think these will serve for our consideration this morning. But as you look at those things that Jesus did, does Jesus care today if you have a problem? Just remember the scripture that we use to introduce our thoughts. Remember all of those things that he was concerned about. The preaching of the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, the deliverance of the captives, recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those that are bruised. Jesus cares about life and you today. He said that scripture was fulfilled. Yeah, but you say, Brother D, that was then and Jesus was alive and he was well. That's right. But I want to tell you something, maybe a secret. Jesus is not dead. He is alive and he knows and understands you and your problems. And he cares. Remember what the Apostle Peter said, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. The problem that affects most of us is simply a little problem that we call sin. You've heard these scriptures over and over and over. There is none righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That all puts us in the same basket, doesn't it? We've all committed our sin. We've all been separated from God. And that's exactly what sin does for us. Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord's hand is shortened that it cannot say, neither is your heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And yet people all across this country and around the world are telling sinners to pray and invite Jesus into your heart. But the scripture says Jesus will not hear 
those that are sinners that pray and ask for forgiveness. He gave us the way that we can obtain salvation. Romans 6 and verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All that sin does for us today is to separate us from God, to cause spiritual death, and then we become what we would say dead in a sinful condition. Read with me in the book of Romans, chapter 12 and verse number 19. Paul said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You remember those words we read from Isaiah that he talked about the vengeance of the Lord? I want to ask you this morning, what is it that the Lord is going to take vengeance upon? Have you ever considered that? Vengeance, he said, is mine, I will repay. What is he going to take vengeance upon? Paul answered that for us in 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse number 8 where he said, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard that the gospel is something that must be obeyed? Not very many people talk about obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask the question, how can we obey that gospel that is being preached? First of all, there are facts that are to be believed. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse number 1, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Those are the facts of the gospel that must be believed. But he said, we obey the gospel. How can we obey facts? We can't. But look again. In Romans 6, verse 17 and 18, Paul said, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you or to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. What in the world did he mean by this? He said, you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine. We just read the doctrine, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is the form of that gospel? Well, let Paul answer it for us. Look back in the beginning of that chapter in verses 3 and 4, where he said, know ye not that so many of you of us have been baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, 
even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So we die to sin, we're buried with our Lord in baptism, and we arise to walk in the newness of life. So baptism is a form of the doctrine, the doctrine, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We die to sin, we're buried with our Lord in baptism, and we arise to walk in the newness of life. If we need forgiveness and we need to be brought into a relationship with God, then he is exactly able to do it. I want to ask you, do you really believe that Jesus has the power, the right, the authority to forgive sins? Let's let the scriptures answer that. In Matthew 9, beginning at verse number 2, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore thank you evil in your hearts? For whither is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, Arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. And he arose and departed into his house. So Jesus has the power to forgive sins. But you say, Brother D, wait a minute. That was while Jesus was on earth. He had that power. Does he still have it? Remember the statement that he made when he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He has all power, absolute power and authority over all things today. Jesus left the earth, absolutely. But you know what he did? He put the power of salvation in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Matthew, we've already read, but I'll call to your attention again, where he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Do you believe what Jesus said? If you believe, then you need to be baptized that you might be saved. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you're in an unsaved condition this morning, I want to call to your attention, Jesus cares. And Jesus is not untouchable. Jesus died that you may be saved. Do you think he still cares? Do you think you might need to be saved? And we've talked a lot about being saved and coming into salvation, but I want to stop just a minute and talk to us. 
Do we not realize that Jesus is very concerned about his church, his kingdom? Jesus is the head of the body, the church. You've heard that over and over and over and over, but yet do you really think he cares about his kingdom, his church, his people? Do you care about your body? If you don't, let me hit, take a hammer and hit your big toe and see how you loud you holler. You know, it hurts. When a member of our body hurts, we hurt all over, right? And I think Jesus has the same and the concern about the church. It's his body. He cares for every one of us. And I want to tell you this morning, we are in the body of Jesus Christ. We are in a separate kingdom that's in this world. It doesn't matter whether you're in the United States, if you're in Africa, if you're in China, if you're in Russia, it doesn't matter what nation you may live in. We are Christians. We are separated into a kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he cares about his kingdom. I hope you believe that. In 2 Peter 2 and verse number 19, sin is described as a bondage. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought into bondage. Those that are in bondage are just like being in a prison house. Jesus has the key. You can be released from that bondage and set free. In Colossians, the first chapter, read with me verses 12 and 13 giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Now I want you to think about these verses for just a moment. He said he hath made us partakers of an inheritance. In the saints, in light. But something I think I have failed to realize, and maybe you have also. Look at what he said. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? He's delivered us. He set us free from the power of sin and ungodliness that rules over the world. And he hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And it's a glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that sets us free. Then go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17. Look at that little word, liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We have been set free. Not only... From the Old Testament, that's he was teaching all of these people. But we've been set free from the power of darkness. He has set us free 
by the great spirit that he has given unto us. James 1 and verse number 25, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. It's a law that sets free. We need to remember that freedom. In Romans 8 and verse number 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Think about what he said in this little verse. The law of the spirit of life. The spirit gives life. It gives us spiritual life in Jesus Christ. And he hath made us free from that law of sin and death. I want to ask you a question. You ever get sick and go to a doctor? Well, we've all probably been there. And we go to that doctor and he gives us a dose of medicine. He said, this will help. And we take it home and set it on the cabinet and we never take it. What good is it going to do? Absolutely none. And we come to Jesus, the great physician, and he has the cure the remedy from sin that will set you free this morning. And you hear it, it's proclaimed from this pulpit continually, and you ignore it, you do not obey it, what good is it going to do? What is the cure for sin? Remember what Jesus said? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. You know, we've talked a lot about what Jesus does for us. But I want you to, as we conclude this this morning, I want you to look with me at the great change that's described in the book of Isaiah, where he said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Now listen, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What a change in just the words of Isaiah, the description of where we can move out of these problems into the glorious liberty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you happy with your load of sin? Sin is a wretched and miserable companion. If you're in that kind of condition this morning, come to Jesus. He will save. He came and died for that purpose. If you will give your heart to Jesus in simple obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you do believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, then only commit to be baptized for the remission of your sins. 
and you will not perish, but have everlasting life. And now what tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord while we stand and sing.